I always feel a little uncomfortable on Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday makes me, well, it doesn't make me, on Ash Wednesday I feel uncomfortable. I think that's because what we're doing here is kind of strange. Uh, we are here to have ashes placed on our foreheads in the shape of a cross. And these ashes on our forehead in the shape of a cross symbolize our, that we are sinners and that we will someday die. I'm aware that we are doing what we're here doing here today is a long-standing tradition that goes back to at least the 8th century. Uh, at that time in the 8th century, uh, all Christians would have these ashes placed on their foreheads in the shape of a cross. Uh, this was uh, a, a practice that was uh, more inclusive of the Christian community, which in the beginning, in the early, earlier church, uh, just those, just only those who... Uh, those Christians who had been excommunicated from the church would have to do penitence and show their penitence by having those ashes placed on their forehead. But in the 8th century, all Christians, all Christians were, were, were to acknowledge their mortality and their need for penitence and for forgiveness. So we are continuing a long, long tradition. And it is a kind of strange tradition and maybe it is uncomfortable, but it is also courageous. What we are doing here tonight is courageous. That is courageous because we are publicly admitting that we are mortal and that we have fallen short in our relationship with God and with other people. And that requires us to be vulnerable. That's where the courage comes in. It requires us to be vulnerable and open us up to feelings of fear, pain, loss, and maybe even shame for the things done, the things left undone. And despite that vulnerability, we are courageous when we admit that we are mortal and have fallen short because we're admitting out loud things that we'd rather not talk about. Our default position is to reject death, to fight against death. Our default position is as Dylan Thomas said, to rage, rage against the dying of the light. We think that death happens to other people and won't happen to us. And if it does, and when it does, it won't be for a long time. But we know that is not the case. And penitence is better when it's someone else doing the penitence and repenting for their sins rather than for us repenting for our own sins. But today is the day that we claim for ourselves that yes, we are mortal, that we are dust, and to dust we shall return. And today is the day we profoundly, profoundly confess that we have fallen short of the standard God has set for our lives. And to do that, to do what we're doing tonight, takes courage. It takes courage to have a cross of ashes smeared on our foreheads in, that, in a cross that means that this body will die and that I have sinned. It takes courage to do that. But it also means more than that. The cross points to life. The cross points to life. On, 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 on Ash Wednesday, we traditionally read Psalm 51, which we will do together in a little while. And Psalm 51 is a, a lament to God. It has been associated with King David's repentance as a result of the prophet Nathan confronting David about David's relationship with Bathsheba 
after having Bathsheba's husband sent to the front battle lines with the expectation that he would be killed, which he was. And though it is usually associated with David, this psalm, Psalm 51, stands alone as a psalm for anyone who feels convicted of their sins and their need for God to give them new life. And though the, the psalmist indeed confesses his sin, the psalm is more about seeking the assistance of God to overcome sin. The psalmist asks God to do things for him based on who God is. In the first line of Psalm 51, he says, Have mercy on me according to your loving kindness and your great compassion blot out my offenses. Two of God's qualities. God has many qualities, but two of God's qualities here are highlighted. God's loving kindness and God's compassion. And then the psalmist asks God, supplicates to God for many things. The psalmist asks God to, to, to do many things. So listen to these verbs that he asks God to do. Wash me through and through. Purge me from my sin. Make me hear of joy and gladness. Hide your face from my sins. Blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart. Cast me not away. Give me the joy of your saving help. Deliver me. Deliver me from death. Open my lips. Open my lips and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. So this is all about God and who God is and what God does. God is a God of mercy, a God of loving kindness, a God of compassion. And because of that, the psalmist asks God to do things for him. To save, help, sustain, renew, create, purge, and wash. And so God is like a wave with momentum and force that lifts up and washes the psalmist and washes us clean. The ancient Israelites believed sin. They believed that sin, as one commentator said, that sin was pervasive and inevitable. The ancient Israelites believed that sin was pervasive and inevitable. But the psalmist affirms here that there is something, someone, more powerful than all of that. And despite sin's pervasive inevitability, there is a God who is merciful and loving and compassionate. Now in just a few moments, we will receive the imposition of ashes, recite the litany of penitence, and receive absolution. Absolution means that we are set free from sin. You know, we may sin again, well, we will sin again, uh, because sin is pervasive, sin runs deep, but absolution means that we are freed from guilt. We are freed from the guilt associated with past actions or inactions, those things done or left undone. We are freed from those things. We get a new start today. The prayer of absolution also includes the word remission, remission, which connotes connotes uh, withholding it of a deserved punishment in a sense by using the word remission we're saying that we deserve some sort of punishment but God remits our sins God no longer holds them over and against us and then we also use the word pardon pardon which is based on a word meaning to give and so God gives us true repentance and sincere faith which helps us to receive the good news that God indeed forgives us and gives us new life. 
And because of this, Ash Wednesday is not really about sin and death. I mean, it's really about grace. It's really about grace and the renewal of our lives. You know, today we do acknowledge death, mortality, the things done, left undone, the things that we do to harm ourselves and to harm others, and that is important for us to do, particularly on this day. But Ash Wednesday is more, more about new life, the new life that awaits us as we admit that we are indeed vulnerable, that we are dust, and to dust we shall return, that we have sinned and missed the mark of who God intends us to be. The cross of ashes represents, above all, life, a life in touch with the truth of who we are and the truth of who God is. And whatever discomfort we may feel about this day, may we take comfort. May we take comfort in a merciful, loving, and compassionate God who gives us new life. Amen.